Welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Today's episode is a Q&A session that was recorded live inside my Facebook group. If you have a question that you would like to hear me answer on the podcast, please send me an email at sarah at homeschoolingforhim.com. Enjoy the episode. I've got a question for you. How do homeschool moms like us, who don't have a master's degree in reading and 25 years of teaching experience, teach our kids how to read in a way that helps them become confident readers who love to read under the covers with a flashlight? Here you'll find simple tricks and practical tools for making reading easy and fun. My name is Sarah Miller, and welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Welcome to this Facebook live video about tips for teaching letter names and sounds. I'm so excited that you're here and I'm so excited to be back with you this week. This is such a fun topic and it's something that's a lot of fun to teach our kids and also something that I get a ton of questions about. So I'm really excited that you're here and I can't wait to answer questions about teaching letter names and teaching letter sounds and what we need to be doing to set our kids up for success. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about letter names and letter sounds. And the first thing that I want to mention is a stat that I shared uh, by email this morning. So hopefully you are getting my emails. If you are not and you would like to, you can go to homeschoolingforhim.com fall and I will send you a big packet of fall reading resources printables to help your kids and also you'll get access to all of the information that I send out by email, which happens a couple times per week. Um, So anyway, this morning in the email, I shared a really interesting statistic that I had come across that I wanted to share with you because one of the questions that I get asked a lot is how how do I know if my child is on track? How many letter names? How many sounds? What should they know? How do I know if I'm doing enough? And how do I know? And so I want to share the statistic that I found. Uh, to know if your child is on track. But before I do, I need you to promise that you're not going to use the statistic against yourself because I know that that's what I tend to do whenever I find benchmarks or statistics to compare my child to. I think that that information is super useful as a homeschool parent because we do want to make sure that our kids are on track. But if they're not, it can be really easy to despair or to blame ourselves. And I don't think that that's useful. So no comparison, no blaming. However, here's the statistic. The researchers found that for public schooled kids, that if the kids knew 18 uppercase letters and 15 lowercase letters by the end of preschool, beginning of kindergarten, that they were more likely to be successful in a variety of different literacy and reading tasks in third grade. So the interesting thing about it is that it's a pretty long-term study, right? The effects of learning letter names and letter sounds at a young age will last for several years. So we know that this is super important for our kids to know, right? Um, 18 uppercase letters and 15 lowercase letters by the time they reach the end of preschool, beginning of kindergarten. So if your child is there already, that's awesome. Congratulations. Way to go. If your child is not there already, there's a couple things that I think that we need to take into account or keep in mind about this statistic. 
And the first one is that because we're homeschooling, I think we have a little bit of grace here because this study was designed for public school students. And as a former public school teacher who has experience in public school elementary classrooms, um, I just wanna say that homeschooling is a very different environment than public school. And as a homeschool teacher, or as a public school teacher, they do the best that they can. And public school teachers are amazing, and my hat's off to them. However, they have an entire classroom of kids that they need to work with. And so just to survive as a public school teacher, you kind of have to focus on something, right? You have to pick a level and kind of teach to that level. And you can help the kids that are outside of that level as much as you can, but we, the public school teachers can't personalize what they're doing nearly as much as homeschool teachers can. And so that's great news because if your child is behind what the statistic says, then you have an opportunity to really target and focus on this and personalize and make learning letter names and letter sounds a focus in your homeschool and help them be able to catch up in a way that they probably would not be able to do if they were in a public school. And so that's great news for you and great news for your child. The other thing to know is that um, your child is gonna get a lot more individual attention than they would at public school, and you will be able to move at your child's pace. So if your child is not quite there, they aren't quite at 18 uppercase and 15 lowercase letters by the end of preschool, beginning of kindergarten, I think that's okay, because we do have an opportunity to help them be able to catch up. That said, if your child is super far off from those marks and that you are working on it and you're trying and you're doing all the things and your child is still struggling and they just don't get it, then this might be an opportunity to just reach out and to get a second opinion about what's going on. Um, this is something that we had to do in my homeschool with my son when it came to fine motor skills and handwriting. We worked on it, we tried, we did all the things, we struggled, he struggled, I struggled, we tried all the stuff, it wasn't working. And finally, I had the, um, the opportunity to get his vision tested. And we ended up learning that he needed glasses. And once he got the glasses, we saw huge improvements in his fine motor skills. We learned that he didn't have a lot of depth perception. He has one eye that functions very close to normally and the other eye that really does not. And so that meant that he had very little depth perception to be working with, which was making the task of being able to do handwriting and fine motor skills very difficult for him. But once we got him the help that he needed with the glasses and the eye exams and things like that, then we were able to correct that and we were able to help him catch up to the point where this past fall, we had another opportunity to get a second opinion about his fine motor skills and they said that he was on track. And I was so excited because I know that he and I both have worked so hard over several years to get him caught up to at grade level or on track with those fine motor skills. And so if that is the boat that you are in, um, just know that there is a lot of support out there specifically for kids that are struggling with letter names and letter sounds. Um, and that is definitely something that you can look into more as a homeschool parent and get the help and support that you need. 
Okay, so let's talk about the specifics of how to teach these letter names and letter sounds to your kids. There's a couple general things to keep in mind. And the first is that you wanna teach your letter names or letter sounds, whichever you're working on, in small groups. Ideally, about four to six letters at a time is a good amount. Um, one of the more common approaches is that letter of the week preschool. And although that can work, I think that kids are capable of learning more than one letter at a time and that it can be helpful to teach several letters at once so that you can move through the letters quickly and move on to something else. And so you probably can teach more than one letter a week, but you also don't wanna teach the entire alphabet at the time because looking at all 26 letters at a time is really overwhelming to a child. So four to six letters generally is a pretty good amount for most kids. And then once they've mastered those four to six, then you can add on another group. Another thing to keep in mind is that when you're teaching the letters, you don't want to teach them in alphabetical order. It's not good to start with A and work your way through to Z. There are a few reasons for that. First of all, your child probably already knows some or all of the letters in their name. So I would start with those first. Start with something that your child knows to introduce the, the concept and to sort of teach them some of the activities that you're gonna be doing to learn letters and to give them an early win. Start with their name first. Another thing is that you want to make sure that you don't put letters that can easily be confused in the same group. So when you're teaching lowercase letters, for example, you're definitely not gonna teach lowercase b and lowercase d at the same time because those letters are super easily confused. They can be reversed. And you also probably don't wanna add p or q to that group because those are the same shape as well, just flipped up and down. So you're gonna teach b, d, p, and q at four separate times. And that's the same for any kind of a letter that looks visually similar to other ones. You wanna have a wide variety of what the letters look like within the groups that you pick. You also, in general, want to start with letters that are more common. So probably Z and X and Q are not going to be your first three letters. Unless you have a child that has one of those letters in their name, then go ahead. Otherwise, start with the more common letters, do the vowels close to the beginning, and start with those letters that they are using more often because they will be able to do more with those letters once they've learned them sooner. So you're gonna do it in small groups, be careful of reversals, and then once your kids have mastered the letters that you are working on, then you can go ahead and add more to the group. Okay, I wanna share one way that I like to teach letters, and this particular activity requires magnetic letters. I could not find my magnetic letters anywhere when I was getting ready for the live today, so I have this backup set, um, which also came from Amazon. Um, and these are like foam-based magnet letters that have a full set of magnet on the back. I like this set for older kids because it has multiples of each different kind of letter and it has both the capitals and the lower cases in the set. Um, my kids like to dump this set out and then have a giant mess all over the floor, but I do like that it comes in like a divided container so that you can in theory, sort the letters individually into their different things. So I think the last time we did this, they played with it and then I made them sort it when they were done because I wanted it to be nice um, when we were putting it away and nice for them when the next time they got it out. So this is a fun set for like just different activities that you want your kids to do um, that involve writing, but maybe you don't want to do handwriting. So uh, that was what we got it for. So I'm going to pick my letters really quick here so that I have some to choose from in this particular set. 
The consonants are blue and the vowels are red, but that doesn't really matter for this activity. The point of it was just to show you um, with the magnet letters. So I'm trying to pick some that are visually different so that we have this to work with. Let's see here. Um, so I don't want to pick M and W in the same run. Okay, we'll go with that. All right. Oh, no, wait, we don't want C and K either. Take some doing to find ones that are a little bit different from each other. All right, that'll work. Okay, so we have M, E, B, C, and F. And in this activity, we're going to learn the letter names. You could also do the same activity with the letter sounds, and it would work just as well. Okay, so the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to get out our group of letters, and we're going to just have our child play with them. So we're going to have them put them on the fridge, take them off the fridge, put them back on the fridge, take them off the fridge. Uh, do scavenger hunt, do whatever kind of little games you can come up with for these letters. Um, and as they do that, you're gonna be narrating. So your child is playing and when they pick up the M, you're, oh, I noticed that you have the M. That letter is M. Look, did you notice that M has some points at the top and at the bottom? Wow, how many lines are in that M? Let's count them, one, two, three, four. So you're just you're just talking and your goal is to say the letter, letter name as many times as you can, M, 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 M in the process of your talking. And that's just gonna kind of help your child be introduced to that sound. And then the second time when you go back and do it again, once you've done a whole lot of that, your child plays and you narrate, the second time you're going to make a game. So you're gonna have your child put all the letters up on the fridge and then you're gonna start to ask them, which letter is M? Can you give me the M? And you're gonna see if they can pull that one off the fridge correctly and hand it to you. If they can, then they know that sound at least on some level, and if not, then you're gonna go back and do some more. They play and you narrate with these same letters. So your goal is just to kind of get them to be able to recognize the letter when you tell them the name. And you can keep track as you're doing this of which ones they can do and which ones they can't do, and you can help them be able to uh, remember that that way. But you're not gonna turn this into a really fancy test or anything. You're not telling your child that this is a quiz. You are just playing a game. The last time that you do it, you're gonna actually ask them the name. So this time you're gonna hand them the letter M and you're gonna ask them, what letter is this? And see if they can tell you, and if they can, they put it on the fridge. And that is the third step in this process. So you're sort of working through sequentially, you are adding on more skills each time, and you're keeping track of how they're doing. And once they can do all of them, then you're gonna add on another set of letters. But the keeping track is super important because that allows you to know how they're doing without having to give them a test or to check and see how it's going that way. So you're just kind of keeping track to yourself. So that's a good way to practice the letters um, or to teach them initially and to kind of make sure that they're doing it. And you can do that with both letter names and with letter sounds. Um, that brings me to another important point, which is that you should be teaching both letter names and letter sounds. And I want to talk about that for a minute because I know there's some camps or some schools of thought that say, oh, you can just teach the letter sounds. They don't ever really need to know the letter names. They won't need to know those in, in order to read and it's confusing. Or some people might say, just teach the letter names. Don't worry about the letter sounds. Well, the letter sounds are super important when you're teaching reading using phonics because those are the sounds that your child is gonna blend together to make the words. So that is super, super important. The sounds are important. You need to teach the sounds. 
The letter names, I think, are also important and the research actually backs that up. The research says that when your child knows the letter names, it's easier for them to learn the letter sounds. So be, when we teach the letter names, that helps our child be able to learn the letter sounds better. Some of that reasoning is because most of the letter names include the letter sound somewhere in the letter name. So the letter T starts with the T sound at the beginning, and most of them have that letter sound in there somewhere. So they're similar, and it's gonna be easier for our kids to be able to relate that. Not all of them. W does not have a w sound in it, so that's one that doesn't work, uh, but most of them do, and so that can be helpful. Another reason why it's helpful is because it gives you a shared vocabulary. So when you start teaching your child to read, if you have something to call that squiggle, it's helpful to be able to have that with your child so that you can communicate about what that squiggle is because you've given it a name to your child. It makes it more concrete and it helps you to be able to have an easier conversation with your child about learning to read. So I would strongly encourage you to teach both the letter names and the letter sounds to your child. Another thing, um, as you're teaching your child to read, it can take some time to be able to practice all of these sounds. And so I have some resources to help you be successful with that over at my shop, which is at shop.homeschoolingforhim.com. I will put the link to the shop in the chat so that you can grab that. All of the resources are either the kinds of activities that I did in my classroom or things that have worked for my kids, things that I've made for my family, or things that people have asked for that I've made um, for other homeschool families. And the activities are all ones that are designed for active, wiggly kids. So if you have kids that struggle to pay attention or to focus while you're practicing, these activities are for you. Most of them are hands-on activities, and so they will be a lot of fun for your kids. And a lot of them also are activities that are super fast. So they're designed to be print and go, something that your family can complete in 15 minutes or less. That's super important for me. Um, to make it really good for a busy family. Also, many of them are leveled, so multiple kids can do them at the same time at different levels, or so that families can use them over time. You can use some of it now and then some of it later as your child improves and their skills grow. So there are several different hands-on alphabet activities that are over there. Um, we have alphabet tracing pictures, snap cube mats. Ooh, that one's a lot of fun. So if you have those little math um, snap cubes that go together, there are snap cube mats to help your child be able to build the shapes of the letters out of snap cubes. That one is awesome because when your child is learning a new skill like these alphabet letter names or sounds, um, being able to engage the kinesthetic part of their brain that has them manipulating these cubes is gonna help them to be able to remember that more and learn it better. Plus, if you have a child who loves building like my son, these make it a lot of fun to be able to learn that. Um, let's see, what else? Letter mazes. That was another thing that my son really loved was mazes. Um, it's a great way to, to sneak in some fine motor practice while you're practicing those letters at the same time. Um, oh, dot painting. This is another one of my favorites. So I don't know if you have seen this, but if you haven't, dot painting is where you take a Q-tip and or a cotton swab and you dip just the end of it in paint and then the picture is made up of all little dots and so they put a dot of paint in each 
in each circle to make the picture. And the alphabet dot painting resource has both the letter shapes so that the kids can make the capital and lowercase letters, but also pictures of things that start with those sounds. So they're practicing their letter sounds, capital letters, lowercase, and then also almost all of these resources have the capital and lowercase letter together on the same page so that kids can start to connect those two. That's another really important skill in raising a reader because kids that know that A has two different shapes and they both say A or, or A or whatever your A sound is at the time. Um, but anyway, kids that know that both of those say the same sound, they will be able to read a book that includes both capital and lowercase letters, which is super important because that's our language, right? Um, let's see what else. There's Play-Doh mats in here. There are activities that are specific for the season. So there's fall activities in here and then there's also the Thanksgiving resource. So definitely check out all those resources. The link for that is in the description or in the comments for this video. And I think that's all that I had to say about teaching your child the alphabet. Um, again, if you're watching on the replay, make sure that you leave any questions or comments that you have in the chat as well. Um, and I will make sure to come back and answer those throughout the week. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, which was recorded live in the Homeschool Reading Community Group. This is a free Facebook group where I share tips and advice about homeschooling and teaching reading. You'll also find community with other homeschool moms like you, plus freebies, giveaways, parties, and more. I would love for you to join us over at the Homeschool Reading Community. Make sure you check out the link in the show notes for all the details. Thank you so much for listening to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. New episodes are coming out all the time, so please make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the fun. I'll see you soon.